Hey, what's up everybody and thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for tuning in to For Real Though with me, Rock Ruiz. And if it's your first time tuning in on the podcast, we, or I rather, talk about movies. Good job stating the obvious, Rocco. But anyways, on today's podcast episode, I'm going to be talking about a movie that isn't necessarily new because... I didn't want to review it right away because sometimes fresh out of the movie, I find myself like overhyping movies too much. Like if I like the movie, I have a tendency to, and yes, I'm self-aware that I have a tendency to overhype movies right after seeing it if I really enjoyed it. And then the more I think about the movie or if I see it again, I look back on my reaction and think like, okay, it wasn't that great. It wasn't as great as I said it was right after coming out of it. But with this movie, okay, it's been like, I guess, two weeks or one and a half weeks since I've seen it. And yo, I still think it's freaking awesome. Uh, yeah, the movie I'm talking about, and of course you know it because it's in the, the freaking title of the podcast episode, Knives Out. Now, before I saw Knives Out, um, I had no idea what it was about at all. Like, I didn't see a single trailer. I just knew it was a murder mystery. And because I knew it was a murder mystery, I didn't want to know a single thing about it going into it. Because, like, the less you know about a murder mystery movie, the better the experience will be. Well, actually, that's kind of true for any movie. Unless you're, like, not a fan of a certain genre and you have to know what genre it is or what the movie's about before going in to see it. Like, for example, if you hate horror movies, but you see the trailer for this horror movie and you're like, okay, it looks like I can handle handle this movie. Those are the cases when it might be okay to see the trailer and watch the movie. But for this case, it's better not to see a trailer, not to read any synopsis, and not to see any cast interviews for that matter going into this movie because it just makes the experience like i said earlier like a hundred times better but anyways i i I digress (laughs) i'm gonna be talking about spoilers here because come on this movie's been out for like two weeks if you haven't seen it yet you better have a valid excuse pal (laughs) But I get it. Movies are expensive. Uh, That's fair enough of an excuse. So, Knives Out. First and foremost, since I had no expectations walking into this movie, I was freaking on the edge of my seat the entire... Edge of my seat the entire movie. Like, beginning to end, not a single dull moment. Like, from that first shot when the dogs were, like, walking out of that... Uh, running out of the mansion in, uh, on the yard in slow motion, I was like, this is going to be a good movie, man. I can tell. And the way they're like, these cheesy violence swells whenever like um, a sinister thing is happening. That was just so classic uh, mystery. It gave me this classic mystery movie vibe, and I love that. It's like, this movie feels like it's not new. Because even though, okay, it's set in a modern setting, there are cell phones, 
I mean, there's smartphones, actually. There's smartphones, there's internet and all that. But it's set in an old mansion. The way people dress is kind of like classic uh, vintage style. So I just love it. This movie's self-aware. I think that's its strongest suit. It's self-aware of what it is. It knows that it's kind of a cheesy mystery movie. But it's so freaking witty and so freaking smart and written so freaking well. And dude, okay, I'm getting way ahead of myself. It's just, okay, this is how I usually re- review movies if you listen to my podcast. I talk about the good stuff, then I talk about the bad stuff. Now for this movie, I'm just going to be talking about the good stuff. Because there's not any single bad thing that comes to mind um, when I think of this movie. Okay, I don't know if this is a bad thing necessarily, but it could be for some people. Uh, The killer was kind of obvious to me halfway. Like if you just really listen to the context clues and listen to the dialogue, it's kind of obvious who the killer is. Okay, major spoilers here. I'm warning you guys, if you haven't listened yet, I mean, if you haven't watched the movie yet, stop listening right now. Okay, so, uh, the killer, ooh, it was kind of obvious it was Chris Evans, you know, f- to me from the start. Well, not from the start, but from the moment they revealed his character. First of all, his character was revealed last. Like, they took their time uh, laying the ground with all the information you needed about the rest of the characters. Then out of nowhere, like midway through the movie, Chris Evans shows up then obviously he's not really your main suspect because you know so much about the other guys already that you you already have a suspect in mind. So there's that. So I thought, okay, the writer, um, I think it, it was Ryan Johnson, the director. Um, he intentionally made it that way so you'd be caught off guard. But I kind of saw, saw him probably doing that on purpose because... Why would you reveal a character that late into the movie? And also, the dialogue. um, Daniel Craig's character, more on him later, but his character said, um, dogs are really telling of character, or something like that. Then, the dogs in the house, which were in the first shot, they always bark whenever Chris Evans' character is there. And it was also mentioned that the dogs barked at 3 a.m., which is very unusual because if they trust the people, they're not usually noisy. And that bark woke up Meg. And obviously, it wasn't um, Anna de Armas. What's, what's her character's name? Her, the name of the character escapes me, but Anna de Armas' character, um, she doesn't trigger the dogs. So that wasn't her when, when she was returning to the house in the morning. So it must have been someone else. And who else triggers the dogs that we know besides Chris Evans? So yeah, that was like kind of given away from the start. But I still enjoyed it. Because like I knew it was him, but I didn't know how it was him. Like how he made it all happen. Because it was revealed midway through the movie that it truly was a suicide. It's like... You aren't you aren't shown misleading imagery in this movie. Like if you see something happen, 
that is what happened. Like, Ryan Johnson doesn't show anything happen happening in the characters' imaginations. If you see it, that means it happened. And they showed uh, Harlan. That's his name, right? Harlan. Uh, Christopher Plummer's character, Harlan. Uh, they showed him slice his own throat. And it was confirmed that it was a suicide midway through the movie. But the way they just kept it going, like in the words of Daniel Craig's character, the donut hole within the donut hole. <laughs> like, sorry, that was a horrible impression. I got to work on that. But like, first of all, you think this is the perfect answer, but it's not. It's way too perfect. It's almost like orchestrated orchestrated for it to be perfect. And that's why I was just like blown away at how Chris Evans was involved in the murder even though he wasn't like directly involved. Like he didn't like push the knife into into Harlan or anything like that. But the way he planned everything, which is also given away by Harlan. Sorry if I'm I'm boring you with all my theories and all, but hey, th- this is what the podcast is about. Um, so when Harlan said that Chris Evans' character was exactly like him and thought like him, then that means he could think like a murder mystery writer, which means he could think like a murderer, which is which was also another giveaway. But I asked my friends who've seen the movie, and not everyone was able to guess that it was Chris Evans. So that's a good thing. I just think I uh, analyzed the movie too much while watching it. But that's just me. It's because I watched too much Scooby-Doo as a, kid, as a kid. So I like these mystery movies. Okay, now on to the best part of the movie, in my opinion. Besides the writing, besides the directing, was Daniel Craig. His acting in this movie was just superb. At first in the movie, I was kind of thrown off when he had the southern accent because I'm so used to him being James Bond. So, so it was weird. Like, James Bond not having a British accent. Then midway through the movie, you totally forget he's James Bond. He just, like, totally transformed into this this detective role and... He was hilarious, which you don't exactly expect from Daniel Craig, but it worked. And I don't know, I'm just throwing this out there. I think he could actually be nominated for an Oscar. Okay, maybe not an Oscar, but come on. Robert Downey Jr. was nominated for Tropic Thunder. So he he has a chance. But in the Golden Globes, possibly under Best Actor in a Comedy or Musical... Daniel Craig should be there. And, uh, well, it wasn't just Daniel Craig. The entire cast was amazing. Well, I mean, Meg's character, that girl from uh, 13 Reasons Why, she could have been anyone. Like, no offense, of course, but, like, the rest of the cast, like, they were cast perfectly. Like, I wouldn't recast them as anyone else. Everyone from Jamie Lee Curtis to Michael Shannon to... That kid from It. Dude, every, everyone was perfectly cast. And I don't know. If anyone else was cast differently, I don't know how the film would work. Also, uh, Chris Evans. 
dude, I missed him being this kind of character, being cocky, being like basically like Johnny Storm from uh, Fantastic Four. Because we're so used to seeing him as Captain America, this proper guy. And he just really suits these cocky characters. Like, also his character, I think, in... He wasn't Scott Pilgrim, right? He had a similar character in Scott Pilgrim, too. Like, um, this big-headed actor dude, I think, if I remember correctly. Yeah, he should do more roles like this. It really suits him. Also, Ana de Armas was really good in this, too. Like, I've seen her in a few things already. But this is, like, her best performance so far, I think. And this movie, I mean, besides the acting, there are a lot of, like... Uh, if you analyze the movie, there are a lot of things you can uh, notice that are metaphorical. Like, the movie's about Anna kind of represents the marginalized minorities and the house is basically like America and the people in the house are white people like they think everything is theirs they think everything belongs to them like it's their birthright but America well, I'm not American, but like the way it seems in the news and in the movies is it seems it like it just it belongs to the people who take care of it. It belongs to the nice people. Like that's those are the people that the world, not just America, truly belongs to. Like the character of Anna de Armas, like she was just nice. She was genuine. And in the end, she got the house. She got the fortune. And I'm, I think that's what this movie is trying to say. Like, um, it's not even indirect sometimes. They straight up talk about um, Trump in this movie. They don't mention his name, but you can tell they're talking about him. Uh, where was I heading again? But yeah, there are a lot of uh, metaphorical messages in this movie, which is why I think it should win awards. And not necessarily best picture, but maybe best screenplay. Nominated at least. And maybe best production design too. Like it, the production design was really good in this movie too. Anyways, I think I've been going on for too long. And this movie has been out for a while anyways. So you guys have probably listened to other reviews by now. But I just had to review this movie. Better late than ever because I love it and I want to... I don't know, maybe look back on this podcast one day and uh, listen to how much I love this movie. Even if like it's been, I don't know, two weeks since it came out and I still can't stop raving about it. So if you haven't seen Knives Out, what the hell, man? Why did you listen to my entire podcast? Why did you ruin the movie for yourself? Go see it. Even if... You've ruined it for yourself already. And if you have seen it already, go see it again. I've been meaning to see it again, but I just haven't had time. But, dude, I will rewatch the hell out of this movie when it comes out on digital. Like, for real, though. 